As you know, when you, we saw part of this story, there's always, uh, there's always more to it. So we want to spend the next few minutes um, getting a little bit more background on it. And uh, I'd first like to ask, what, what were some of the influences that, that brought you to this place to give this type of leadership? I think the most immediate one was when I attended that Kampala International Steward Workshop. Uh, but the underlying one was when I was at the age of 16, uh, that was in my first year in secondary school, I read about a man called George Miller. Uh, the, Bible, uh, the book called him the father of orphanages, how he lived by faith in England and brought up so many orphans. I think those two factors influenced me so much. Yeah, and just so you know the time frame, this took place in 99, 2000. And uh, when I asked him, I said, how long, did it, how long did it take you to get to that workshop? Um, it's the, about 250 miles from Kampala to my home. Uh, but the roads at that time were so bad. And uh, I had to climb over a mountain, uh, a distance of about 47 miles. This took me two days, because I had a night at the top of the mountain. And then I reached Fort Porto a town where I could catch a bus and ride for eight, uh, eight hours to Kampala, to that workshop. Two days and eight hours for the workshop. That's amazing. So one of the, <clears throat> one of the things that we've been talking about here is we've had the Scalisi share mm -hmm. uh, this morning just as a couple, how they process this. Mm -hmm. uh, you're married, you have three, <laughs> three children. Tell me how you and your wife process this in your journey? Yeah, I am married to my wife. I call my wife Queen Isabia. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to celebrate 35 years of marriage on the 3rd of June this year. So pray for us as yeah. we celebrate. And we have, we have five children. Four of them are boys. And the last born is a girl. They are between 27 and 18. My last born is at university. She asked me a question one day, which I could not answer. She said, Dad, why did you decide to have me? I kept quiet, and she said, I know. It's because you had four boys and you wanted a girl. <laughs> yeah, and my wife has been very supportive of me. So many days we've gone without food when we have given up the money we have for the fulfillment of the needs of these needed children. So I, I count her as my... Uh, whenever I read in the Bible that God brought a helpmate for the man, I realized that this was the one because yeah. of how she has stood with me, even giving me up all of those days that I spend mm -hmm. looking after the 26 churches that I pastor. That's great. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, we, we saw some of the um, orphans, and here are some of the, the kids, but the, um, I've always been struck by the when that one orphan says, when I was provided for, I felt like this was God providing for me. Tell, tell us what happened. You had in the refugee camp, and then subsequent to that, how many different orphans were in your care coming out of the refugee camp, and what happened to them? Um, the, 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 orphanies, the orphanies we have are as, as a result of uh, malaria killing so many people and leaving children, and the ADF the, 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 the rebel insurgents that came and invaded our area and killed so many people. And uh, when, when we, our people were in the camps, uh, the army was brought in to come and, uh, and guard the people. 
But then, since the people were so needy, uh, they did not have food, they did not have anything, it was these soldiers who had the money, because for them they were getting salaries, and therefore our girls would mingle with them anyhow. And as a result, so many people became uh, HIV AIDS victims, and that increased the death toll. So many people continued to, to develop AIDS, and as a result, we had so many children who, were, uh, who had no parents. They were total orphans. Some of them would lose both parents. So uh, because of what I had learned at the, at the stewardship uh, workshop, I decided to call upon the church to take over these children. A family would take in one, two, three, in addition to their biological children they already had. And so this was a sense of stewardship among them. And then when we took them in, we started giving them shelter, giving them food, giving them what they needed. But there was still one need that needed to be met, and that is their schooling. So I called upon these people and said, if we can have church fundraisings and raise books and any other amenities that children would need to go to school, then we would have met another very important need for the children. So the church rose up to that need, and we sent these children to school. Um, I have a picture, I have shown it to him, I wish I had it here, of where we found these children naked and in a devastated form in the year 2000. So I have called this one 2012 and the other one 2000, the year 2000, and we call that our Ebenezer, where God has moved us from and where we are now. So that's how the church rose up to meet the needs of the children. But three years later, God gave me an idea. I, don't, I just can't understand how God keeps giving me ideas. <laughs> God gave me an idea and said, instead of looking after these children in those different schools where they are, why don't you bring them in one school where you can nurture them in a Christian formation so that they can have Christ formed in them? And I told the church, and our churches rose up to that need, so we started constructing a school, and we put those children in school. Um, but then our other dilemma was how do we pay the teachers? Uh, paying the teachers became very difficult, so I allowed in other children who had their parents so that the money they contribute uh, can meet the needs of the teachers. But even when we did that, uh, the parents in the community, were, their incomes were very low. Uh, imagine a term, that is three months, for a child to be at school, in school for three months, we charge about $3. But the parents still failed to raise the $3 in three months. So that became a dilemma. The teachers could not get their salaries. God gave me another idea. I don't know how they come. God gave me another idea. He said, now, move from this poor community, go to the city, and establish a school there. There, the parents have at least some good incomes and they'll be able to pay for their children. So we moved and put a school in that other city and the parents started paying school fees. This is our first year of the beginning of that school. But these three months we have seen parents pay and the money is going to pay for these teachers in this other school and that way the children are being sustained. But it is something like a dilemma. I feel I don't know how I will ever get out of this because we surmount one problem, another one raises up. 
we, we, we go off our problem, another one raises up. Now the problem we have is the small number of children who are coming in who are able to pay so that we can meet the needs of our 126 children who are total orphans. So the greatest need I have now is to have a dormitory, a hostel type of, where parents from even distant areas can send their children and those who are able to pay, then that money would be increased. But how to put up three, two rooms for these children is still a dilemma in my mind. But that God who always uh, leads us through these things for the good of his children, I think is going to do it. Um, faith is not physical, it's not tangible, it's not something that you can look at and measure. But for me, I'm beginning to measure my faith. When I see these children, when I see them singing for Christ, when I see them expressing their, their love for Christ, I see this is how much my faith has grown. So my faith is growing together with how these children are growing day by day. If only we could provide water for them at the school. Uh, I tried to build a, a tank, a, sister, a container for water, but in the whole term, it rained only three times. So that water cannot help them if we rely mm. on rain like that. I wish we could have gravity water to come and help these children. And if we had the power, then children would study even at night and our children would excel. We've been able to take our children to the radio station we have in the town and when they express themselves, parents express the contentment that their children are really getting quality education. But the question we keep getting from the distant people is whether our school has a dormitory where they can send their children to come and access this Christian and, uh, and quality education. Yesterday I was telling Daryl that uh, International Stewardship, that organization, I think is a sister organization to this one, because in this International Steward, they teach us that we are uh, custodians of what God has given, the wealth of God. And this one is teaching that we need to give from that uh, for, to meet the needs of God's work. So, uh, with the, the, uh, these children, uh, as, the, as they, they, they start expressing what they are studying, and as, as others are attracted to our school, the only problem now is accommodation where we can put those other children that are coming. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. What, I, I'm always, um, I, I'd love to know what happened with, the, with this widow that we, you talk about who was lame, who gave her only chicken. We, we hear about the story of the, the widow's mite, uh, but here's a, I mean, here's a, is, yeah. she, is she still living? What's, what's yeah, her she, story? She's still living. She's in our church. But what I've learned from her is that she gave her only chicken which she had when she had this appeal. And what I've learned is that whenever you give, when you remain with the empty hands, it becomes God's duty to fill those hands. Uh, we, we appealed to the church. I don't know how that idea also came up to appeal to the church so that we could start looking after this lady who had shown us that great example. And we bought her a wheelchair. So we asked for young people every Sunday to go and pick her from home, push her wheelchair, and bring her to church. And she comes joyfully because she's no longer crawling on the ground, but she has, and to her that is like a car. <laughs> <laughs> and the church, also the youth said we are going to build a house for her. They built a house for her, and she's living in a comfortable way as a result of what she gave. 
In Second uh, Corinthians 8, Paul is ta ta tells us about the Macedonian church and gives testimony to them. And he says, in their extreme poverty and undue hardship, welled up rich generosity. And I always marveled at that. How, how does that equation work? Extreme poverty and undue hardship and rich generosity. The adjectives there just kind of blow you away. And, but when I had heard this story and we put it on film, it's, it's, it's the gospel. It's, it's, it, is the, it is the truth there. When I asked Bishop Hannington uh, when he was coming over here, his, he said his church prayed for him and was praying for our conference. So as we close, I'd like, just like to ask, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for your churches back in your community? Mm. Pray for us to continue the journey we have started because the greatest challenge is after these seven years of primary education, we don't know how we are going to push those children to secondary education because education in our country is very expensive. And we have organizations like World Vision, but when I, I contact them, they tell me our area is not in their area of jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. And when I contact uh, organizations like Compassion International uh, in our country, they are dominated by the big churches, and unless you belong to that big church, you can't access their funds, and yet their funds come from different denominations, different individuals. So those are the dilemmas. We pray that God will get us through. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Blessings to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you.